These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. I am Dave Marr, the host of the show, a comedian in Chicago who survived a coma, and, uh, you know, I'm not over it. My guest on this episode is Rob Otten. Rob is a writer and a performer based in London. He is a comedian. He is, you know, he's a poet. His most recent book that was published is called I Strongly Believe in Incredible Things. You can find a link to get that book in the show notes. You can find all the other links to follow Rob and myself in those show notes. I saw Rob at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2019. You hear me sometimes in interviews talk on this show about Edinburgh. Um, Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe, especially for comedians, represents this different approach to the medium than a lot of people take in the United States. Um, it, it, you you get a more thematic show. You get a more theatrical, often, show. And Rob exemplifies that very much in the sense that all of his shows take one subject and then expand kind of explore every aspect of that thing from his perspective. Uh, the show I saw was called The Time Show. He's currently working on The Crowd Show. His first show was called The Yellow Show. He had The Sky Show, The Face Show. I mean, it's like, that's his thing. And he's so interesting and so funny. I am excited for you to hear him. If you like this show, if you enjoy what you're about to hear, so I, I'm speaking in a, in a different time sense here at the moment. Um, the best way to support me is to give money on the Patreon. If you pledge a little bit of money a month at patreon.com slash Dave Marr, I want to give a shout out to those Pigeon Level patrons, Fred Fidawa, Susie Carroll, Kurt Chang, and Katie Llewellyn. Thank you so much. And if you tell your friends about this show or both. Those things make such a bigger difference in my life, in my material living conditions than you can imagine. I'm doing this DIY. I would love your help. That said, now let's get into it. Enjoy this conversation with Rob Otten. I grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. When I'm in Chi-Town, I treat it like... Paint your hell. Like your customized hell. Um. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, what would that be? I think it'd just be like. Probably a. Some sort of blank space with nothing in it. Um, but then me having to try and do loads of stuff, but there's nothing there for me to do, maybe. 
I don't know. I'm trying to kind of thinking on my feet here. I don't. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh no, there wouldn't be any. If it my hell would be zero warmth from dogs. Okay, zero so emotional. None, none, of, none of them are nice to you. You know, okay. you know, you get the odd one that is like, ah, oh, yeah, I like you for no reason. Um, and none of that. Be, yeah, you know, all the um, oat milk would have bits in it, like the <laughs> stuff that we got from the that we got from the uh, supermarket that's had to be recalled, and I knew there was something wrong with it. Um, and then there was a news article about it. Um, plants wouldn't grow, I think. I'd get a mass amount of joy of trying to make something grow. So, you know, watering stuff and it just staying as nothing. Um, I just think, do you know what I've been thinking about recently is I watch a lot of motivational videos and um, everyone says, you know, oh, if you work hard, it'll happen. And it's all about dedication. Dedicate yourself. And, um, you know, all you need to do is work hard, apply yourself. Apply, like I've got a bit of paper when I wrote on it, apply yourself, get results, don't apply yourself, don't get results. And I just think, I really, really, really hope that that is true, that hard work does pay off. But I don't know if it does every time. And I think hell would be where it is set in stone that hard work doesn't pay off, you know, and you would just be, you'd just be trying so hard and then it just nothing happens and you don't get any luck. But that happens in reality as well. You know, yeah. you can work as hard as you like, but you do need a bit of luck, 100%. Oh, totally. I mean, I wish – I've thought a lot about that recently just in terms of reorienting my own priorities uh, in, in terms of what the, what the paying off is that I want. And, and I think with a lot of those, if, if the typical paying off from certain motivational speakers is in place, I wish they would say things like, move to the right city, spend mm. time, spend time trying to become friends with people, a couple levels ahead of you in the industry you want to work in and not feeling ashamed or like an interloper. I feel like those are the people I know who've had success, at least in, in entertainment, like that's the thing a little bit. Mm. It's it's very rare that I'm like yes my absolute I can think of maybe one one friend who mm. was like early on clearly this guy is the guy and has stayed one of the guys everyone else it's just like a lot a lot of people who'd be looking over your shoulders at parties to see if there were better people to talk to a lot of those people are successful in my in my experience yeah well i mean it's interesting isn't it when say if you are if you if you i don't know if that is what the key 
to live in a fulfilled life is though oh of course not of course not yeah and you know you see these see a lot of people who um really try to be successful and then they die you know because i don't know it is is it a poison chalice who knows i just i just it just seems like a dangerous thing to want to go for we're being sold this thing of hey you know if you do this and you get on telly and people know who you are that'll make you happy well i think not you know <laughs> yeah. and but we know we're told we know that that's the case but for so long a part of me like didn't believe it part of me was like yeah but seems like uh, it seems like they got a leg up and it's really, but it's, it's, it's for me disappointing to realize that the thing everyone says is just absolutely true. Yeah. That it doesn't make well, you happy and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, uh, I think that I just, maybe the, um, those moments, you know, if after you do a good gig or something like that, Maybe those are just scaled up. Whereas if so, if you're doing a gig to 100 people and it goes well, that's a big high. But if you do it, uh, it's, but this is obvious. But you know, if you're doing it to 60,000 people, the high is bigger. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I remember I did my first gig at a fireworks party, um, and it, I was so nervous about it. I I couldn't eat for a day and a half before, and then it went well. Well, well enough to make me want to do it again. And um, that was still the biggest buzz that I've probably ever had, you know. A fireworks um, party? Yeah. I've, um, it was um, my old creative director when I used to work in advertising. Mm. I'd just been like making these random notes in my notebook. And he said, oh, we're having a poetry night at, a, at this fireworks party. You have fireworks parties in America, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, well, it's um, fire, uh, like fireworks. Well, I guess maybe, maybe not, because it's all to do with uh, Bonfire Night, which is the 5th of November, when uh-huh. Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the okay. Houses of Parliament. Okay. So now, on the 5th of November... People have big bonfires and um, they put a guy on the top. Often people make a like a um, mannequin of this person who was called Guy Fawkes and mm-hmm. tried to blow up the House of Parliament. They put him on the top of the bonfire and then burn it. And then people get pissed and have a um, get annoyed, should I say. And, um, but fireworks are just. Um, you know what fireworks are, right? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I know what fireworks are, but I was like, "Is this a specific type? Did you just mean an outdoor event at a an at a fireworks? That had fireworks there, but yeah. it was a party. It was people there. Yeah, yeah, were, yeah. It, it was classed as a party. How many people um, though? Is that uh, what made it so great? No, no. It was just the first time I'd ever stood up in front of a crowd, and um, oh. Oh, this is a this is a long time ago. Yeah, this was uh, 2007. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That makes so, sense. Because I don't think the 60,000 people, you know, obviously, I think a little bit more people does translate to mm-hmm. probably a bigger high. But I think mm-hmm. by the time you get to 60,000, and this is from the paradoxically privileged position of someone who never expects to play to 60,000 people. I think the high, the, it's probably a different, I would imagine more generalized kind of high. It's different mm-hmm. than the high when you're looking in people's eyes and you can tell that certain people are being really personally affected in a specific way. That's yeah. a high. I want more than the Michael Jordan esque sort of athletic accomplishment high of playing to a stadium. Yeah. But it sounds like the hell thing for you is a combination. So in addition to the, to the, the, the lack of effort paying off, it sounds like there's a boredom factor there as well. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I am working on this new show at the moment, but I think, you know, a rectangular metal and plastic uh, thing that is the phone, I think that is a portable version of hell that it can be. It's just so addictive to be on there and um, it just gobbles up time. And that is just, it's just, uh, I do I don't want to get bored. I don't want to get bored, and very rarely do I get bored. But with with hell, I mean, do you believe in that? Do you believe in hell? I don't think I do. No. No, no. But imagine if you did; it'd be quite a motivator, wouldn't it? Or if if heaven really existed, I would say, oh, you know, fantastic. Well, I don't know if I don't believe in this is real sticky. I don't know if I don't believe in some version of a heaven. Right. I feel weird even like committing to anything. But but a hell feels it definitely feels self-created. The idea that two people could be in the same place, experiencing the same things and one's in heaven and one's in hell. Because the soul, of their like own the souls, do you mean like the, their souls or their own? Yeah, their souls, their orientation toward life, their the choices they've made that they experience as, um, you know, the more personal you take everything, things tend to get kind of hellish. Uh, I think. Mm. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. been reading that Eckhart Tolle book the power of now you yeah. that? i haven't read it i started it but i haven't finished it but i mean it i read the first few few i'm still reading it but the, the start of it when he was saying about the brain is a tool you only need to pick it up when you want to use it you know thinking all the time and that just it just like you don't want to be doing it it's just and that you know that just kind of uh took me to one side and just said right okay this is important you need you need to stop working yourself up into this thought process and just uh clear the decks of these 
but you know, it's it's kind of helped me to do the shows that I've done, thinking, like yeah. walking around and thinking about stuff. Yeah, totally. So, okay, yeah, you know. Um and uh it's I don't know, there's no right or wrong answer. Next question. <laughs> Okay, next question is, uh, what do you hope happens when you die? Um, I hope you get to have a group hug with everyone you love um, and like, maybe, for a bit and go out for a big meal. Um, uh no, I, to be honest, I would like nothing to happen. I just want, I think, I think I'd prefer it if I knew that this was it. Because obviously no one does know that. Um, but if it was concrete, maybe I'd, maybe that's something that I just need to instill in myself and I need to make myself believe that. When my heart stops beating, that's it. Over. Um, that's interesting because I feel like the anxiety often comes in you know, religious or spiritually minded folks with the fear that this is it. But you're saying there's a little bit of a of a fear or a worry maybe. That there's something. That, that there's something and that's what haunts you. Yeah, I feel like, oh, Jesus Christ, not more. <laughs> I don't want any more feelings. Just quit. I don't want to feel anything when I'm dead. Is it, ju- well, is I mean, it been, genuinely you've, that... You've been closer to death than me. Did you have um, any any lights or anything? That's, that, has, that is what has, is, is providing the, uh, the motivation for the sort of revision of the second show that I'm doing. Is, is, it's, it's a, for me, it's a fruitful area, especially growing up with a very concrete definition of, of an afterlife. The fact that I did not see anything is like, I got, got a, I got a lot of thoughts about not seeing anything in yeah, that yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, not many positive, a lot, very terrifying. You know, it didn't, this big thing didn't like, uh, it didn't solve many things for me, which I guess is good for, you know, creativity, but, can be terrifying sometimes. Well, yeah, I, th- I, I think that. Um, imagine if if you had nearly died, and then you you had all these like bright lights, and then you were just about to sit down at the best dinner party you'd ever had, mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly you woke up and you weren't going to die anymore. You'd be like, "Oh no, ne- you know, nearly nearly got there," um, but. I do. Well, that's that Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Have you ever seen that, oh, is that, that what show? Yeah, she gets. I mean, this is like a spoiler for twenty-year-old TV uh. show, but but she 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 gets like sucked. They have some demon fucking fight, and she gets like killed basically. But it's but she's in some suspended state, and they're like doing all they can to like go to other realms and and help her come back, and they bring her back, and then there's this like kind of in the realm of that show, famous uh, musical episode. And she was in heaven. That that's the, that's the reveal is that she wasn't like in hell. She wasn't suffering. They brought her back and she was in heaven. It's, it's that exact um, 
thing. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, but um, why does the idea of more, like, does 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 feeling feel like suffering to you? Sometimes. I think it does to everyone, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that I want to be more in control than I am. I think that I experience um, sadness and I'm sensitive to suffering and um, not living in a world. The world isn't as good as I want it to be. And I am disappointed that it isn't, you know. And I think a lot of people go for a lot of bad stuff and I wish they didn't. And I think that a lot of the suffering, if not all of it, is due to the fact, to the human condition, you know? Yeah. And it just pisses me off that we aren't, as a human race, we're not doing better, you know? We're absolutely wrecking the planet. People are getting killed left, right, and center. We're making guns that kill people. We're making sophisticated weapons. And it's just an absolute shit show. But also, love exists. We've got friends. There's nice food. Um, music's great. So it's confusing. How are we supposed to feel? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. And it seems like a to... choice at any given moment. Do you focus on oh, yeah, yeah, manufacturing yeah, yeah, yeah. weapons or do you focus on music? And and it's a real uh, no, exactly. Uh, but then, up. but then you you feel. I feel like you you can only have so much on your plate, you know. And and when the um, injustice in everything and seeing, you know, there's a whole thing happening in the uh, in the UK at the moment of this government that's been in and they just voted to pump raw sewage into the rivers and seas and stuff. And it's, it's just, I just can't, I can't engage with that too much because it just makes me so depressed, you know. And then the feeling of having children, of if you're going to have children, you know, do you mm. want to bring them into this world? And then because of like bullying and, but you've got, you can't think like that. You've got to be optimistic to think that we can make the world a better place. And that's why I write shows and stuff like that. And just try and not saying I tried to make the world a better place, but I want to speak of the positivity that is capable within us as human beings and going, come on, it can be better than this. We can if we think in the right way and if we act in the right way, we can make this world better for people that are having a tough time with it, you know, and mental health and just, it's just, yeah. I mean, do I want to die and there not be anything? Probably because I don't think it's ever going to match up for me in the same way as it has now. You know, me saying to you the word apple and you knowing what apple is, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just it just being like I'm looking at a tree that's blowing in the wind out there and you go and I can I can look at it and I can see it in the clouds and us being on this kind of um, planet that we don't know that much about. And there is so much opportunity with creativity there, you know because we don't know that much about it. You know, looking out the window, 
there's a, there's a cloud. And then if you go right past that into the universe, it just keeps on going on forever, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And if it's infinite in every direction, then that means like, well, our heart is the center or you, you're like the center of your universe, aren't you? If it's just... Do, 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 do. So, I'll, you know, it's just, I, just, I think that, that here now, there's so much opportunity for... I think that's the best thing for me is that there's a lot of people, none of us really know what the crack is. So it's all up for grabs. And I know that um, with uh, religion and things like that is people trying to uh, make sense of being alive and that's all i'm do that's all i want to do i want to try and make sense of it but i know that you can't because it's too difficult it's too it's too lively it's, it's too well, you maybe can't make can't make ultimate sense but i think we can make senses plural yeah. like yeah, some yeah, yeah. some some individual sense of it maybe yeah yeah, is that yeah, what yeah. would the what would being able to convince yourself that this is it like what would that give you it would make me would it i mean if i got a letter through the post and it was like concrete evidence that there was no afterlife and i would say <laughs> okay it was like okay this is a legally binding letter just to let you know rob when you die that's it i'd be like okay um, and then I'd probably go, okay, well, I'm going to make the most of tomorrow then. And I'd probably do that for a week. And then mm -hmm. I'd just be pissed off again. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'd just say, uh, okay, well, you know, there's no afterlife. Yeah. Well, I pretty much knew that anyway. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's do funeral planning. What, oh, fantastic. what thoughts do you have? Um, have you have you given thoughts to what you would want at your funeral? Um, not really. Okay, that surprises me a little bit. I feel like you might be the type of guy to have some casual plans, at least. No, no. Sometimes I think. Um, sometimes I do think about me dying and um what if anyone would care and then if i start thinking about them caring that i'm not here anymore that makes me cry and then um i think yeah probably stay, try and stay alive you know um do you, do you struggle with um, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to get to the point of like making plans, but does, I, I assume you're a, you're a fellow depression guy a bit at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. Sure. That, and I've never taken any antidepressants. Okay. Or medication for anxiety or anything like that. Well, that's um, presumption on my part then, uh, or or projection no, maybe. No, but, no, uh, no. But that doesn't mean I don't get depressed. Sure, sure. But does it when it's you not, when it's you? Not, it's not a clinical thing for me. I don't think. Mm -hmm, well, maybe mm -hmm. it is. Maybe, maybe I'm just like free riding it and white knuckling it. I think I. I think that when you know, I mean, I'm I'm doing all right at the moment, but. 
yeah, I'm sometimes I'm on the kitchen floor crying against the cupboards, you know. <laughs> it, it hasn't happened so much recently because I'm in a um you know, I'm I'm in a I'm in a better place, but yeah, it definitely definitely um definitely I think I do you know, I'm pretty sure that everyone has those moments. Oh, of course. Don't they? Yeah. Um, we, because that is what it is to be human, surely. Um, and I think that anyone who isn't getting sad about the state of the world at the moment is pretty weird, you know? I think that, I mean, you know, is Donald Trump, would he be, I don't know. I think that everyone, I think deep, 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 deep down, everyone is okay. Um but they build up layers to maybe make them not okay. I think I was listening to um, David Sedaris on um, Adam Buxton's podcast yesterday, and um, he was talking about his dad um, and how he wasn't a very nice person for most of his life, but then he got dementia, and he was a really nice person for the last six months. Um, And, you know, it's like dogs, you know, when they... If their if their if their behaviour is really bad, the a lot of the time it's because the st- some bad stuff happens yeah, to them. No, so no dog people, is it? born. Yeah, right, for sure. So um, I think I, I think I got you sidetracked a bit, but oh uh, yeah, well, no, that's but all good. <laughs> funeral planning. What are yeah, yeah, yeah. what are what are thoughts you have on that? Um. Uh, well, I think you wanted to ask me if I'd ever been like nearly suicidal yeah well when you think about people being happy that you exist or unhappy that you wouldn't yeah, exist, yeah, yeah, yeah. if that but, if that gets beyond the realm of intellect yeah i don't know i mean i don't know i'm not qualified to speak on the subject but i don't know i think that there's that line, isn't there, of you don't want to kill yourself, you just want to kill yourself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is that true? I don't know. And I'm completely out of my depth talking about it. But I'm sure a lot of people walk down the street and just it just gets it gets bleak, but I think it gets bleaker for others because of certain elements and no, I I really want to stick around. I want I want I'm 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 one hundred percent up for it. And I think that maybe the thought of there not being an afterlife and this being the only chance, this is it. You know, that is such a driving force for me to want to pick up my pen and write stuff down and talk to people and just try to connect with people while we've still got the chance. Because you know, as I said. It ain't ever going to be like this ever again. And even if you are, even if you did, even if you do get reborn as something else, would I want to be reborn as anything apart from a human? Mm, don't know. Might be quite nice to be a wild horse or something in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. <laughs> I could see you. Good. I could see you enjoying being a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or you know. What would I want to come back as? I don't know. Something that is kind of untouched by humans, like maybe a little bird in the middle of a huge forest. 
I think elephants have it pretty, have a pretty interesting, elephants Elephants. seem to feel things pretty deeply and have rituals and ancestral sort of relationships. And I think all, I think anything that is alive feels, feels things Mm -hmm. deeply. Mm -hmm. We just don't know that we, we think that we know everything, but we don't. Obviously it's like the way that ants work together they they probably feel things. They're probably anxious about what you know. Oh, does this other ant like me? Blah blah blah. <laughs> and um, I just I definitely do think everyone's got it going on. You see birds flying out the window. You know I love looking at birds, and if they're in a couple and they're flying together, you're like, oh, how are they getting on? You know, do you think they're um, having a good time at the moment? Have they had it? You know, maybe they sometimes they get on, sometimes they don't. And then find out about pigeons. Apparently they mate for life. I didn't know that. And then they're just there and they're with each other. And then it's just teeming. It's absolutely teeming. So it, it, that, that pisses me off when people think they know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, because science gets disproved so quickly, or it will do, everything that we think is big and clever now, in 10,000 years, people will look back at us and go, oh, idiots. Yeah. So back to the funeral. Back to the funeral. Back to the future. That would have been a bad Back to the Future, wouldn't it? <laughs> back, back to the Future, fine. Back to the Future. Uh, okay, Back to the Funeral. Um, yeah, no. Um, what me? Uh, what plans? Hmm. I know. I mean, there's a bit that, you know, I'd like my funeral to be on a Friday night. It was a bit that I've written about before. I think that would be quite good. Service at 7 p.m. Um, on a Friday night. You go to Rob's funeral. Yeah, it's on Friday night. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, well, apparently he wanted everyone to be able to get pissed and not have to go to the work to work the next day. Um, and and then there's a disco or something after. Or just, yeah, so everyone can just have a good time. So, no, Friday night, I think, could be a good time. Um to have a have a funeral. So you um, imagine it being sort of uh do you imagine the the getting pissed being celebratory or or Well, mournful? I've gone back to alcohol there and I think that well it's been obviously alcohol is a depressant, so I maybe it maybe there would be no alcohol at the wake it would be uh everyone would just have to drink water and uh, write down three things that they want to do with their life or something. <laughs> sounds, sounds very, yeah. Li- I mean, literally sober, but also very somber. Re- you know, yeah, a piece yeah, of yeah. paper and a and pen be, and a it, glass of water feels like a prison almost. And the buffet would just be the healthiest food ever. <laughs> and um, then we'd have like a motivational speaker, like Tony Robbins or something. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, have him come in and do a motivational speech. Um, so you're gunning for this to be the moment everyone else's life changes completely. Well, not changes, but maybe just um, a little injection of um, live while you can because Rob can't do it anymore because he's dead. <laughs> Uh, the question is, what's your coma? It doesn't have to be grand, but 
but just any moment of transformation where you can look back and say, before this, I was this, and after this, I was that. And there might be multiple moments like this, but it's just just one that... Um. I think, I think maybe it is going back to that fireworks thing of standing up on that wall for the first time and reading out some material that gave me the um, thirst to want to uh, share some of my thoughts. Because not obviously the vast majority of them are not worthy of being shared. But if I've got 5% of them that I like, and or even 1%, and other people like as well, then that that was, you know, because before then, I was working in advertising, was filling these notebooks up with ideas, like raging against working in advertising and having to um, uh, try to fit myself into this, uh, round hole and um, and then I did that gig and I just thought okay and then I started doing it more but actually probably actually it was maybe it was getting made redundant when I was working in advertising um, mm. because that was that was the maybe if I hadn't been made redundant I wouldn't have been given the push that I needed. I think eventually I would have realized that I wanted to um, try and uh, express myself um, or these, these thoughts that I was having for myself would eventually taken over. Um, but that getting made redundant um, definitely pushed me. It wasn't a coma, but it was, um, um, it definitely, I definitely, I got pushed and I fell in the direction that I wanted to somehow. Was the advertising job your last full-time job? Well, it's funny this, isn't it? Because people, so there's a thing over in England that, that that's on this, um, do you have WeWork? Do you have that in America? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're, Maybe it's one of their on one of their buildings. It says, "Just like do what you love." That's it in big letters. Mm-hmm. Do what you love, and I always thought they should put underneath that, but prepare for the admin. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, and it really annoys me when people say follow your dreams, because I mean it's a funny thing to get annoyed about, but. It's not as easy as that. You've got to, if you're in a job that you don't like, you can't just go and do gigs with no income coming in whatsoever. So I worked full-time in an art supply shop um, and then would do gigs on a night, like most nights really. And I was working as a stockroom assistant. So I'd get up at half seven in the morning. No, I started work at half seven in the morning, finish at half four, go and do a gig, repeat, you know. And um, that was that was my last. So I finished that in 2012. And then um, 2012 was the first time that I did the Edinburgh Festival. Mm. So that's when I went full-time 
performing. Well, not performing, full-time trying to do with my time what I want to do with it, you know. That's what, what Bob Dylan says, isn't it, about success. A person is successful if they get up in the morning and go to bed on a night and in between do what they want, you know. Yeah, but that layoff redundancy at the at the advertising job, that's the that's what set a paradigm shift into motion where yeah, I'm working at this art supply gig, but the point is the gigs I'm doing in the evening. Yeah, yeah, and I was writing down all my ideas on the side of order forms and just um would get into I was yeah, I was just um I was hungry really want I just remember saying to myself I want to do what I want to do I really really want to do this and then I do I have been doing it and I just keep trying to tell myself not to get complacent and um not slow down and just try to stay thirsty for whatever it was that um uh, fueled me to want to stand up on stage, and um, you know. And was it as a? Because you have this interesting, and it's a thing that, again, it bothers me that it doesn't exist in the U.S. Um, hmm. the 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 idea of being a poet is like not the, the ambition you're talking about is something I never hear attached to. And the way I'm going to do this full time is to be a poet. Um, that, well, that I, ne- I, ne- I never re- really s- said. I've never said that I was a. If someone ever asked me what what do you do, I'd just say oh, I'm a writer and performer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the the most fitting place for me, because it was very much. I wasn't just standing up with a microphone, and I'm like. Uh, I've had an idea about um, donuts. I'm going to talk about donuts for 20 minutes. It, it was all properly written down in books and printed out on paper. Right, so right. I thought that um, the best place to go and read out some writing was at the poetry cafe. Right. Um, so, but I just were you were did... were you aware that you were working in a comedy mode? So, well, the thing was, is that one of them would be funny and then I'd do another one that wasn't funny. Right. I remember someone coming up to me afterwards when I'd done quite a serious set and they said, oh, don't do serious things. Just you're better <laughs> at being funny. And I thought, oh, that's not how this is going to work. I'm going to do exactly what I want to do. And um, I think that's all I'm trying to do is like carve out a space. So Edinburgh festivals are perfect. I mean, yeah. It, it, my stuff is in the comedy section, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't want to do a poetry show, a spoken word show that's got funny bits in it, like a serious show that's got funny bits in it. I want to do a funny bit, funny show that's got serious bits in it. Right. That's the way around that I want it to be. Sometimes, you know, ideally, you know, maybe one day I'll just do a show that has got no feeling in it whatsoever. Just a flat monotone show? No, just a, just jokes. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Like, oh, yeah. I thought you were saying just, one day I'll do neither. No, just like oh, I'm gonna just tell jokes all the time now. Brilliant, which is good, and that's that's what people go to comedy shows for. But 
Oh, no. It's, yeah, and I'd love to be able to do that. I'm just not, I don't have the right brain. I have ideas for half of jokes and I can't finish them. Yeah. That's what, uh, every now and again, once every five years, I'll have an idea for a joke, <laughs> a, a proper joke. Yeah. But I don't, I'm just trying to yeah, find, I think that was it. I was just trying to find stages where I could go that would accept me. And it could be funny and it could be serious and it could be, you know. And that's the good thing is that there's a lot of nights, or there used to be, I don't know if they still exist, where it would just be like a get-together and you'd have musicians and, and a comedian and then there'd be someone doing poetry. And if those nights don't exist in London anymore, then someone needs to get them going again because they're brilliant. Well, it seems like there is... Uh, I don't know. Do you know Kay Tempest? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they their stuff I came across recently, and I was like, this is crazy. This this it, They're a poet, but they rap, and they're, they write books. I was like, this is the fucking dream, man, to be able to work in all these different, not only genres, but mediums. And um, I, I don't know. It, it, so, so it seems like... You, the thing that you wanted to do when you were working at the art supply shop was write and perform. You were like, I know these nights exist. I want to do whatever these nights are as often as possible and get paid to do them and well, on not, a bigger... Not, not, get, not get paid, you know. There was, oh, there was, really? That wasn't part of yeah, it? Yeah, no, no. You had to pay in, in, a, in a poetry cafe. It's five pound in. But I mean, then, your ambition was to was oh, to yeah, find yeah. a way to yeah yeah yeah. So what well, what make, did that look like? Were you like oh I'll have a because there's like radio gigs there in a way that there aren't here. Was it like I'll have a radio special? Was it I'll just still, carve I'm out not, this specific audience? I I mean it was I guess the ambition is and still is. I mean I'm at pretty much ground zero with it base camp at the mountain I've I've done some Edinburgh shows but I'd still yeah I'd love to do I'd love to make some radio um I'd love to make some TV that's that's the dream I mean I'm trying to get something filmed at the moment um and then it's like like doing more acting and, and things like that but it's just a, it's just a one of my big heroes Ivor Cutler who is a Scottish humorist and poet and writer um he says that it's just like someone playing with their toys you know mm-hmm. so you pick up this like pick up you, you write a poem one day then you do a drawing and sure and then you go and do this and it's just like just having fun and just making stuff and it's all the same really when you're just trying to create something out of nothing and it exists because of you you know um, but the goal was just to give myself the um, freedom. Just try, that's it. Just try and give yourself some freedom by what, well, trying to work hard and believe that you have um, a bit of talent. I guess. I guess the thing I was wondering about the 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 ambition stuff was. It sounds like the redundancy at the advertising job 
gave you some of that freedom before was it before that you just didn't have the confidence to pursue that stuff or you didn't yeah was that it that was just it was just a um yeah it lit a lit a fire for me really it just i was just uh suddenly thought okay the safety net had gone mm. and it's never returned you know it got yeah. taken away and it will probably never get put back and i don't want it to be given to me again and but that's the that's the motivation is um i never think oh that's great you saw it now rob you're going to be doing this forever because if i stop then it stops and i've got to get a job you know and that's what i don't i don't want like i would hate myself so much for having the opportunity or all, all the older version the younger versions of myself have worked so hard to allow me to sit here you know so it's almost i want to pay them the respect that they deserve by me keeping on trying to do what they did that's the show thank you so much for listening find rob buy his new book i strongly believe in incredible things buy his old books check him out at all the links in the show notes follow me go pledge a little bit of money every month at patreon.com slash to keep this show robust and coming to you regularly uh there's a lot of fun bonus content hate the word content but it's there uh for you on patreon and until next week remember you are a mist you're human you're human